From the Toyota patio here at SoFi Stadium, side of week 13 between the Cleveland Browns and your Los Angeles Rams. Hello and welcome to Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers. I'm JB, along with my friends and colleagues, Maurice Jones-Drew and DeMarco Farr. Hey, there, I got there. it this time. Yeah. I didn't miss it. Okay, it's there. Right. <laughs> Wait, what did I miss? Yeah. We, no we missed last time. See, they you left them hanging. No, yeah, there you, you go. You missed last time. <laughs> I had I no there. idea you did that. Now it's done. Let's yeah. move on. Okay, there. <laughs> I was impressed with your adjustment on the fly, Maurice. That was my favorite part of that. Whether or not DeMarco did it intentionally, it's still up for uh, wow. social media <laughs> debate. We can revisit that. But we're going to get to a lot in this episode. The latest on the Browns who are practicing at Maurice Jones-Drew's alma mater. Uh, you yeah. let him into your crib? They have DTR. Okay. And they have Felton. Yeah. They, have, they have a couple guys, UCLA Bruins there. Um, so, yeah, they, you know. They did that. I, I didn't have the keys. We'll try and parse out what takeaways we can extract from that victory in Arizona. Beating the Cardinals is one thing. Taking on the AFC North, as the Rams will do twice in the next eight days, something completely different. Um, and then we're going to dig into the running game. Uh, the Rams are set up, I think, to run the ball as efficiently as they've been able to since... Todd? Todd? Yeah, Todd Gurley. Yeah. 2018. So why is that? How are they doing it? The similarities and differences and what it means for... The playoff push. Welcome to December, guys. We're about to flip the calendar. Meaningful football in December. The season starts after Thanksgiving. You know the cliches. Is that where we are? Yeah, pushing P. Pushing playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's all about. I, I think this is the time of the year right after Thanksgiving. Great teams separate themselves from good teams. Good teams start to separate themselves from bad teams. And you start to kind of see the league really shape, uh, form and kind of take shape of where, what it's going to be. We thought coming out of the bye that 6-2 and two was the mark to get. That felt a little bit daunting. But now that you've swept Seattle, you've swept Arizona, 4-2 and two seems very reasonable. Maybe we need to adjust the Ram sites even higher. You know, this is fun. I think this is where the season really starts for a lot of football teams. I mean, at the beginning, I mean, it depends on what type of athlete you have and what type of, you know, st- what type of momentum you have coming off the season before. But now, I mean, you're all banged up. Guys are trying to figure it out. You know who you are as a football team and how your bread is going to be buttered. So who can do it best on game day is going to win these games coming down the stretch. But yeah, I think every game, every game left on the Rams schedule is is entirely winnable as long as you play like you did in Arizona. And I could care less about the opponent. Arizona is Arizona. They got their own issues. But when you're running the football the way you ran it and you're throwing off play action and your defense is getting off the field and getting pressure on the quarterback, you can beat just about anybody or at least take some good teams to the fourth quarter. So right now, I think this is the best time for the Rams to hit their stride so they can make that playoff push. All right, quick word on the NFC picture as one of the biggest games in terms of the Rams' implications is about to kick off in Dallas. Will the Seahawks' free fall that the Rams started continue against the Cowboys? We shall see. The other big one this weekend is Kansas City going to Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers. If we say the top five are pretty solid, like four teams plus whoever wins the South, Mm -hmm. then you're really looking at the six and the seven spots. And whereas we thought maybe it was the Minnesota Vikings a week or two ago, now all of a sudden Dobbs throws four interceptions and they lose to the Bears at home. And Green Bay is surging thanks to their victory over the Rams head-to-head. So I think it's personally, I think it's the Vikings and the Seahawks the Rams have to overtake because the Packers schedule is very favorable after Kansas City and they have the head-to-head over the Rams. Yeah, I really felt like that was a game that there was Cincinnati-Pittsburgh, but Mm -hmm. the Green Bay game is the one that really like sat sour with me, right? Because you just don't know what's going to happen with them. And all of a sudden they hit their stride and Jordan Love's throwing for 300 yards or beating Detroit at home and it's just like, 
that was a game. That was a winnable game. And so when you you have those type of games now, you're like, okay, how do we put, position ourselves now? You hope they do have a favorable schedule. You just hope that they don't play as well down the stretch. But uh, if you're the Rams, you're trying to figure out a way to just hop in. Because I think if you do hop in, and let's say you have to play Detroit or you have to play uh, – Maybe San know, Francisco maybe back San to back. Maybe San Francisco back to back, right? You you have an opportunity there. You, you've, you, you're a familiar foe. And I think you, you match up better against the Detroit Lions, which will allow you to move – further in the dance and seattle's got their own issues they got san fran twice right plus philly san, game. they already lost to san fran yeah. on on thanksgiving mm-hmm. san fran now philly. dallas right philadelphia and san francisco again next yeah so I, all the rams have to do in my opinion is take care of their own business and i think the rest of the stuff will happen you yeah. just have to be there when the door opens so right. you can't drop winnable games like we were talking about in cincinnati and pittsburgh i think cleveland is entirely beatable because they got quarterback situations so come out play your best game get that dub and see what the rest of the league does you'll have a shot to make the playoffs dfr let me ask you to elaborate on what you started on a a couple of minutes ago which is never apologize for defeating an inferior opponent in the national football league beating the cardinals is what the rams do best they sweep them again here in 2023 but aside from the final score, aside from that victory, what are some true takeaways that you saw individually or collectively that will play going into the month of December? Kyron Williams is better than advertised. He's better than what we thought, better than what I thought coming out of training camp. I thought he was the third down back. I thought he was going to be the, the, the answer to Cam Akers. Obviously, that changed. But he can be a bell cow back. He can be a guy that can lead your football team and pace the offense. Keep your defense on the bench and get rest so they can come out and take the field with full energy. So... He can be that guy. He can catch out of the backfield. The offensive line, the way it's constructed now, is the best five. I, I'm, I'm sure of this now. And they're getting better, uh, especially running the football. Their combo blocks are great. And Matthew Stafford, if he has a credible and competent running game, there's almost a throw he can't make because the defense has to worry so much about stopping the run first, you forget about him, and he can launch the ball from any launch point. So that is the best Rams football. That is Ram football 2023. Running the football behind Kyron and letting Matthew Stafford pick you apart on play action. It should have been more than 37. I mean, they beat them soundly. It could have been 47, Uh it felt like to me, for a lot of the reasons you just described. And it could have been 47 with Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup only getting eight catches for 45 yards. Like, to me, that's the truest sign of how far the Rams have come offensively but collectively that those two, that dynamic duo, can impact the game, certainly paving the way for a big day for Kyron on the ground, but not really through the air, and yet the Rams never had it in doubt. Uh, I thought watching that game, it was like, where is Cooper Cup? Right? Where is Puka Nakua? And then you, you'll get a catch here or there. But to have Tyler Higby, we talked about this on the broadcast, to have Tyler Higby show up, to have the running game show up, uh, Tutu Atwell shows up, all these other guys. Now, who do you, as a defense, and DeMarco, please mm-hmm. answer, who do you stop? Like, when you go into a game plan, I remember being in the league and Jack DeRiel saying, look, these are our game breakers. This is what we need to stop to slow them down. Well, who, what is it in this situation when you have all these weapons, a quarterback throwing the ball, running game, screen game going, who do you stop? Well, the only issue, and it's coming up with Cleveland, and it depends on if Miles Garrett is healthy. That's the only thing Arizona didn't have. They didn't have that one joker that could just absolutely beat your protection and get to Stafford and ruin everything, run and pass. So this will be different. Arizona, we said this before, they don't have a lot of fang on their mm-hmm. defense. They really can't get after you. 
Cleveland can. They can get after you. So you're going to have to run the football effectively to keep that off balance. And when it's an obvious passing situation, get the ball out quick because these guys can get home more so than last week. How important was it then to put some good screen game on film for them to maybe cool off that pass rush a touch? Boy, weren't you guys happy and surprised to see that happening? It was more of an – I think the Rams have done a pretty good job trying to get to the screen game. It's just defenses have played the screen game so well against the Rams. Arizona just could not do that. The screen got open. Once you start opening that door, there's almost nothing you can do defensively. I mean, you are really out there just hanging on by dear, for dear life. If we rush too hard, screen. If we don't, they run the football. How do we stop this? And if you don't have a guy, like I said, that can just disrupt like Aaron, disrupt what he wants to by himself, you almost have no chance against this offense. I was going to say this too. Sean McVay has done really well against Jim Schwartz. Isn't that we haven't yeah. like he's done really well. And I don't think Jim's going to come in and say, well, I'm going to run something completely different than I ran in Philly all those years. And, and, and no, he's going to come in and run his stuff. So you have a plan that's been successful against his plan. The question is, is the Jimmy and Joe's. Can you slow down Miles Garrett? Oh, boy. Can you, you know, Obo Okoronkwo, can you kind of take his finger out of the way as you're going? And I think they can because of the way they're running the football. If you have to stop the run as a defensive lineman, that takes it just takes energy. Yeah, no it doubt. Takes, it takes – this is like a body blow. Like, you just lose a little bit. So, if you could find a way to do that, I think uh, – and we'll dive more into it. I think the running game has been one of the more more important things the Rams have really uh, been dedicated to this season. All right. Before we get to that, you mentioned Schwartz. There are a lot of fascinating connections in this game, Schwartz and Stafford being one of them. You mentioned Sean McVay having some success against that Philadelphia defense. Last week's win over Arizona was, in, in many regards – advanced metrics like the most prolific offensive day the Rams have had since Tyler Higby's hat trick performance in 2020 in the win against Schwartz in that Philadelphia defense I wouldn't have guessed that like they outperformed so many good days for the Rams offense including many during that championship run in 2021 again it's the Cardinals I get it yeah and the Browns and Schwartz are different this week, but if it's Flacco, it's Lafleur. Like there's there's a right. lot of uh, layers to this onion that I'm looking. I forward forgot to all about to. that. Was uh, Stafford was there for the hard handshake with Schwartz, right? And Harbaugh he was. Oh my God, we should ask him about that. That's great stuff. Yeah, fun. But Schwartz is going to do what he does. He's going to get up the field with those wide nines. Denver had a field day with him, a trapping him. Got field day. Russell Wilson had a field day on him. They're going to send pressure. Now here's the problem. I would love to play in that defense. It is so much fun. You play the run on the way to the passer. That makes me happy, right? <laughs> the problem there's, is you get worn down or if you can't get off the field. The other yeah. problem is there's not many adjustments, man. No, we're just harder. going. Yeah, we're just, just running. Just rush harder. Yes, that's it. <laughs> to, your, to your previous question about coming off this game, like what does your scouting report for the Rams offense look like? Kyron Williams is the NFC uh, player of the week on offense, and he was asked a, a question along those lines, like do you expect defenses to start loading up on you? And here was his response. I would expect nothing less, you know. Um, we're in the NFL. We got great coaches. They obviously know um, what the game plan, who to scheme against, and we got great players on offense. So yeah, there's, it's not going to be just me that they scheme against, scheme against, but we got other threats as well as um, the receiver options, which allows me to be able to, you know, probably get less attention. But you know, I still, I'm excited for whatever is to come, and I hope they they play man and they do what they got to do for sure. You know, I find this topic fascinating for lots of reasons because defenses are, in fact, not loading up on Kyron Williams. And I don't want to steal any of his shine or any of his credit, but I do think this week is a little bit about kind of teasing out how much credit does he deserve, how well is the offensive line playing, how much is Sean McVay's system helping him out. I'll give you a few metrics, Maurice, and then you can kind of just give us your top-to-bottom view on, on Kyron. 
he's averaging nearly two and a half yards per first contact this year, highest among qualifying backs. He's also faced more light boxes, seven or fewer defenders, than any qualifying running back in the league. So he's doing a lot of things really well, and we'll talk about that, but he's also playing in a perfect ecosystem for what he does well. No, I, I completely agree, and I've always said this. There's not a great running back without a, a really good offensive line in front of him. I don't care yeah. where they're ranked. You have to have a, 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 an ability to not get touched in the backfield. At least let's just have zero. So then I can pick pick apart. But if you're giving me two yards of space oh, yeah. before I have to make a cut or get hit, now I the, the everything opens up for me. And and this is the other thing. People may take away from Kyron. I, and I talked about it on the broadcast that the one thing that he he just lacked was just that home run hitting speed. Right? You it's hard to break he it's fifty six yards non scoring run. Right. Yeah, yeah it's a fifty six <laughs> yard non score, which means I have to call another play. <laughs> right. right. I want to say that drive ended in a field goal too, right? So it's it's just it's, that is the one thing that you're going to say that he lacks. But he has everything else. Oh, yeah. He has vision, short area quickness. He's tough. He picks up blitzes. He can catch out of the backfield. Um, he sets up blocks really well, meaning when they run that duo block, and a lot of times when the Rams used to run the, the stretch uh, system, I used to always question, like, you just make it easier for the defense because those gaps are just running to the sideline. We're just running to the sideline, so you've got to fit your gaps. But when we're running downhill, all of a sudden that double team gets on that three technique, now that backer has to either pick the A gap or the C gap. And if you don't pick the – and then normally Puka Nakua or someone's running into that C gap to pick the other guy out. So oh, if yeah. you don't pick the right gap or if I set you up to jump one way and go the other way, it's a home run. And that's what we saw there in Arizona. So uh, credit to that offensive line. They're doing a great job. The scheme, the the, the oh, fact yeah. that Sean McVay is willing to change his scheme right from the outside zone system that he, he made – well, he didn't make so successful, but he brought here and it was yeah. so successful early in his career to a bigger lineman – a more downhill running game to fit the play action pass off his quarterback to make his like all that goes into hand and you have to have a playmaker that forces the defense to want to allocate guys into the box. After this week, we're gonna see if the Cleveland Browns are saying, you know, a lot of, I'll say this, a lot of teams I've talked to they're like, we'll allow Kyra Williams to beat us. We're not gonna allow Cooper Cup. We're not gonna allow Matthew Staff. We're not gonna allow uh Puka Nakua to beat us. We're gonna we'll let them run the ball. Well now you see what happened. So you've shown the ability and yeah. the patience and the willingness to do exactly. That. So now, do you put more guys in the box of which then and inadvertently does what opens up what we wow. what, what the Rams want to do anyway? So again, the, the, that the oh. ability to have a guy like Kyra Williams to go out there and do that, and then have Royce Freeman come behind him and run the exact same scheme, but now this guy is what sixty pounds heavier, yeah. fifty pounds heavier. That that is where you become. To me, that that's the next level of this of this twenty twenty three season is efficient running, right? And and it's so boring. I know it's boring. Too. It works. It's so boring. Are you going to tell me it's December? It's getting cold. No, yeah. I'm not going to tell you. I'm that's where he's headed. No, <laughs> I, I truly believe when you run efficiently, it forces the D coordinator to because they're like quarterbacks. Like no, he's right. Like I, I hated to defend the run when it starts to get cold. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time since training camp. You're going to have some owies, yeah, especially up front. Your fingers, your you, you got scars everywhere, and you're trying to save it until you get to game day. And the last thing you want to do is be physical. You want to kind of warm into it. So when you face a team that's physical and running the football at you, it could take a lot out of you. But I agree with Maurice. And he was trying so nice because, you know, 
Kyron faces light boxes, unlike Maurice. Oh, dude, <laughs> I didn't want to talk about that because we had that conversation before the game. Like, I love Marshall Folk. I love yeah. him. I think he was one of the best, but he never saw an eight-man box in his life. Oh, come on now. No, yes, he, he did. did. No, yes, he did. Because if he did, then Torrey Holt no. was running up the scene by himself. Now, that's the thing, right? So, I, I, Kyron, player of the week, I think it's awesome, and I think the way he's pacing this team has been great. But I'm not sure if I'm a defense and I'm ready to dedicate the eighth guy to stopping him. Right. I still think I can do it with seven. I think that's been the problem, like versus Arizona. It's, you kind of work into your respect of the offensive line and Kyrie Williams, and before you know it, he's got a buck 20, and he's, he's heading for more. So uh, at some point, we'll start to see that eighth guy drop down and be more consistent to to take away the run. But here's the problem. When you do, you're opening yourself up to Matthew Stafford. Exactly. And which way would you want to die, with, with Kyron Williams or Matthew Stafford? I'd rather make Kyron have to beat me versus Matthew Stafford. That is almost a certainty. We're still learning about this guy. And I was going to say, it's just kind of like the quarterback, right? When you're playing a defense, you're playing that soft cover two shell, you're forcing him to check the ball down. Yeah. Eventually, he's going to get fed up and just want to just throw the ball, right? But he like, didn't last week. That's what was so impressive is even their play-action game, they were saying the Cardinals kept playing it deep to short. Right. So a lot of his throws were at or even behind the line of scrimmage, and they were still going for first downs. No, no, no question. I, he had the interception where he kind of tried to get the ball down the field, but just very similar to a defensive coordinator. Yeah. If you allow, like you said, if you're if you're like, we're just going to play a two-shell defense and a light box, and we'll see if he can do it against us, and you look up, and he has 120 yards, or he's on his way to a honey, a honey bun, Yeah. all of a sudden you're going to be like, hey, put those guys in the block to start sending run blitzes, and yeah. then that opens up. And so I, late, late in that game in Arizona, when they got in their tight red, you started to see those guys drop down in the box, and it opened up. That's why Matthew Stafford ended up having a four-touchdown day because they started putting more guys in the box, and they were they – were, that play-action pass to Tyler Higby early in the game, oh, yeah. the first one, I want to say the first touchdown, did you see how wide open he was? Because wide everyone open. was running to Kyron, and he was by himself. And so those are kind of things that you can manipulate as you keep uh, an efficient running game. Not not a like a, a just it has to be efficient four yards and a cloud you know just say you're jealous he gets to run in the light box <laughs> listen I'm just go ahead and say it come on Demarco <laughs> I tell people all the time you know you come down to Jacksonville you ain't seeing too many light boxes man like wow I'm talking about go nine, get him Kyron <laughs> I love Kyron like I said I Absolutely. love him coming out yeah and take advantage of it because don't let it when you can start getting that nine to ten. That means you have no receiving threats or they don't really respect your passing game. And how about what it means for the longevity of Matthew Stafford within the context of this season? So long as he's starting, the Rams have a chance to win every Sunday and maybe go deep. And when you're asking him to do less, guess what? That thumb is another week healthier. Right. He's protected. And you look at the Cleveland Browns this week, they're dealing with the opposite problem. They've got a playoff team. They just don't have a trigger man. And they're kind of beat up. The, the first pass Matthew Stafford threw in Arizona, I think it was a deep out and it was – it was off, and I think he tried to gun it, and it wasn't all the way there yet. But then he started to play efficiency football and work from there run, and uh, and work the running game. But as that thumb gets healthier, there's going to be more velocity on, on his passes, and then you'll start to see the passing game open up as long as that running game continues to chip away. But, yeah, I mean, Cleveland is – look, they're a different animal. I, I think they do have – some some corners and safeties that can match up one on one yeah. and give their rush time to get home and make Matthew Stafford have to hold it. Now, kind of like Russell Wilson, he's going to have to have some agility in the pocket. He's going to have to buy time, not necessarily yards, but buy time to open up some windows. And they're going to get home, especially if it's Miles Garrett. You're going to have to step around and buy time to throw the football, but I think the Rams receivers match up great with that secondary, especially after the catch, especially Puka Nakua. Right. This is a guy that's going to cause problems after the catch for Cleveland's, Cleveland's defense. And I, I'll say this, too, to, to add to the offense. 
that we talked about it, JB, on the phone uh, well yesterday about what the running game does for Matthew Stafford. It allows him to take a break. Yeah. Right? It allows you just to turn around, hand the ball off. I don't even have to think. Call it, run it. Here we go. <sighs> I'm good. Now I can kind of get my mind going. Imagine having to think on every play. You have to think on every play. Like, you have to get the right check, the right read. You have to do all this, alerts, all these different things. But when a call it and run it, it just allows you to say, down, set, hut, hand it off. Right. The running back does his stuff. And it and allows you to play. You, you're a little bit more fresh. You, you're not as foggy uh, thought-wise because you're just not always on, 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 You know on. who was thinking every play? Kyler Murray. Yes. Where's Aaron? It's so funny. I was like, Bing is our guy. Bing loves Fast and the Furious. And I'm like, this is getting ridiculous. They're throwing cars with cars now. Okay, so I'm watching Aaron, right? And I'm like, why is he going to the bull rush so much? So bull rush is what you do when you're out of ideas or you're resetting. And I'm starting to think, this isn't a bull rush. He's throwing bodies at Kyler. So he's taking this guy backwards and then coming off late. Every single time Aaron made a move, Kyler would react. Yeah. Even if it was nine yards away, if he made a move to the outside, he would react. So his whole game plan was keep this big guy off me. And when he smelled his breath, he threw it to the bench. It's crazy. So I hope you can do that again with Joe Flacco. It's a better offensive line. They're a little beat up. But still, same thing can happen versus Flacco if he's out there. How would you feel with a surgically repaired ACL and Aaron Donald in a phone booth with you? Not good. I would not feel I could, I could have your knees and I'd be nervous. Yeah, absolutely. So you're anticipating practice squad call-up Joe Flacco, 38 years old, former Super Bowl MVP, maybe being signed from the practice squad this week to make the start? Have they taken DTR off the concussion protocol yet? Not no. as of this conversation. Not as, okay, so, I mean, what's next? We're deep in, you're deep in the week, too. It's yeah. Thursday. It's this is it's and they wouldn't have signed him if they were cool with PJ Walker. Right. right. That, that they they had already said that they were like PJ Walker is not playing. It's either DTR or Joe Flacco. All right. So he hasn't played since last year's finale with the Jets. Three and fourteen in his last seventeen starts. I don't want to call back to this, but we started with the playoff picture, and it might have been signed, sealed, and delivered by now, if not for the AFC North. Right. The Rams had two <laughs> golden opportunities in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow playing on one leg. Here at SoFi Stadium with Kenny Pickett, who's been one of the least productive quarterbacks in the National Football League, you could have gone up two scores against them. You didn't. They got out of here with the victory. All right, now you go back in that division, and it's a different style, and it's different strengths. Can you win one of or both of these games? That could be the story of the Rams' playoff push. Well, I, I think I think it's very similar to Cincinnati and Pittsburgh when you talk about the Cleveland Browns. The goal is to get up two touchdowns. You get up two touchdowns, you force them to chase, right? Because, right. again, new quarterback. Uh, it's not Deshaun Watson. It was either going to be a rookie or Joe Flacco. They scored in the teens yes, in their last two right. games so, without Watson. Right. So if you can get going, now the key is defensively stopping that running game and making them one-dimensional. But if you can put up points and help that defense not have to stop that running game and force them to go, because Kevin Stefanski will just start throwing the football. Right. If he If he feels like the running game's not working – he doesn't care who's at quarterback. He'll just start dropping back, throwing the football. And so if you can force him to do that, I think then you give yourself a bigger chance to get out of here and get ready to go into Baltimore for a, a big uh, game next week. That's going to be tough. I like their offense. I like Njoku. Uh, yeah. He's a guy you would love to have on your football team. I think Amari Cooper is still Amari Cooper. Yes. Uh, it's, is it Elijah Moore? Super yep. fast guy. and really good player. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got some good parts. Now, when you look at their numbers, you can tell they've you've had three different guys throwing to them because mm -hmm. it's 100-yard games and then 22-yard games. So they're kind of helter-skelter. But I think the Rams' defense, I think they match up well. 
well, uh, especially at corner and safety. When you think about it, I think tight end is going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Tight end is will always be a problem versus the Rams defense, no matter who lines up there. So as long as you keep a lid on, in- on Injoku, stop the run, get after the passer, I think Matthew Stafford and Kyron Williams can get after this defense, especially if Miles Garrett is half of what he is right now. Because when he's off the field, this defense looks a whole lot different. So I, I think you'll be able to pace the game. But I agree with you. Get out ahead. Stay ahead and make them chase you. I think you'll have a chance to win this. Interesting to me that unlike Arizona, the strength of the Browns' offensive line is guard-to-guard with some questionable tackles, whereas Arizona actually has some talent at tackle, but Aaron just absolutely wrecked. And Kobe, too, had another great game. Wow, that's funny. Uh, Kobe Kobe Turner had two sacks, right? Mm -hmm. As a rookie, I think you had to go all the way back to Chris Long to to where a rookie defensive lineman had a two-sack game. I mean, I scoured. I'm like, when is the last time I saw a rookie defensive lineman have a two-sack game? All the way back to 2008. So good for him, getting better. And it was on shortened reps. So imagine what he does with more reps. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think he's one of those guys that we – the epitome of what you want as a defensive lineman. Like, yes, Aaron Donald's going to go out there and be this superstar and do all this stuff. But when Kobe Turner's working, it is like – it is not pretty. Yeah. He is fighting, clawing, and he's getting like – it's either like the quarterback pump one time, like on that three-step, he pumps, Kyler pumps, and then he gets hit. It's okay to like, be the second hyena. I'm going to eat too. Hey, yeah, listen, absolutely. They, yeah. He cleans up too. There's a there's plenty of meat for everyone. Yeah. I also don't think it's coincidental that in their last two games, the Cleveland defense has allowed their two highest rushing totals of the season. When you're playing low-scoring games and the opposing offensive coordinator knows, hey, I don't have to score 24, 28, 30 right. to beat this team, you can lean on your running game a little bit and that feels like the opportunity ahead for Sean McVay and for Kyron Williams and this game plan on Sunday. No, I, I completely agree with you. You watch the, the, the Denver Broncos game. Like, Ooh. let's just be honest. Denver, Peyton was in his bag, yeah, wasn't he? Denver yeah. is getting better. Yes. But I don't think that their offense to a, uh, a player is better than the Rams. No. I don't think if you look at that offensive line, you're saying their offensive line is better than the Rams. But the thing was, he was patient. Patience, stay with the running game. Just kept chipping away, chipping away. Defensively, they were getting turnovers. They were finding ways, and I think that's going to be important as well this week. But offensively, you just got to keep chipping away because eventually it's going to crack. And when it cracks, it's like, oh, here goes Russ. Here, up, oh, here Put goes the seed to doubt. Yeah, 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 right. And so that that's the key is to just stick. Again, that's why I always say efficient. Not like volume run game. Just be efficient with it. Four yards, half the distance on second down, convert on third down. That right there, it just it just slowly just starts to take away your will as a defender. And 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 and, the, and then for those interior D linemen, they have bigger guys, yes, but they get tired too, right? All of a sudden, I I'm taking on double teams. This other part about the Rams running game, you have to practice against those double teams. You got to practice guys, two guys blocking on you. How you're going to split the double team? That when takes- I had most of my fights. In the practice field, yeah, that takes that takes a lot out of you as well as a defender. So it's 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 not only just the running game and the running style; it's how you practice against it. How are you going to stop it? How are you loading the box? How are you going to fit it? D- different things. And the best part about this, and I'll end it with this: the Rams are mostly an eleven personnel, which means that third linebacker is what? Either a, a corner safety, but yeah. <laughs> So a small guy, yeah, it's a small guy. So small now guy. all of a sudden yeah, yeah. we're running on small people, right? And that's the beautiful part about this running game is that we can account for the six guys there, and we can just let Kyron run on a nickel, right? We can let him run on a safety and not another linebacker. And that's the beautiful part about being in that eleven personnel and having those guys move all around. All right, we will finish with keys to the game, but first let's hear from QB one, who's coming off his best performance of the season for touchdowns against the Arizona Cardinals, and how he surveys this Jim Schwartz defense. 
you know, I think they do a really nice job with their scheme. Obviously, I'm familiar with their coach on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, he's one of the best, if not the best, you know, kind of mind out there in defense. Um, and couple that with some guys that can get after the passer uh, up front in their front four and some guys that can cover on the back end. So they do a really nice job, um, you know, really all phases uh, on defense. Make it, you know, an uncomfortable day for the quarterback, both in what they're given to you look-wise and also just the challenges they present personnel-wise as well. All right, so we'll wrap it up here on the Toyota patio with our keys to victory looking ahead to week 13. The Rams going for a third consecutive victory against the Cleveland Browns. Who wants to go first? You know, it's it's great. I mean, listening to Matthew Stafford, uh, post-game, it's nice to see him not walking around looking like Sergeant Elias from Platoon. Right. I mean, that's the game you want. It was a perfect game for him. It's a, it's a get-healthy game, and you had one of your best games and one of their worst games defensively. But I think what you said is exactly right. I think the key to this football game is getting out early getting the lead, uh, especially against the North. We've been saying this since Cincinnati. If you can extend the lead to two scores, even 10 points might be enough. They're still trying to figure it out offensively, but and I think you've got enough defensively the way, you're, the way Raheem Morris has these guys playing that you can get after Cleveland and stop the run and get after the passer. So as long as you're playing from in front, I, I think you'll have the best chance to beat Cleveland, to beat an AFC North football team this year. Can I jump in on the Go defense ahead. a little bit? Because yeah. it's the right week to talk about the offense. It yeah. was a breakout performance, but the defense continues to not get enough credit for what Raheem Morris has been asked to do this year. Uh, but they are 17th in EPA, 16th in points per possession, and they've got a real opportunity down the home stretch. They've only allowed 24 or more on two occasions, Dallas, and the defense didn't really take all the blame no. for that the, that Dallas eruption. And week two against San Francisco may be the best offense in football. But you look down the re- remaining schedule here, Cleveland, Washington, New Orleans, the Giants, four of those opponents are really offensively challenged. Like You could get some of your best defensive results here in the month that matters most. so I think he's so smart the way he plays it, understanding the personnel he has, as in Aaron Donald, and playing the appropriate coverage behind it. Mm-hmm. If you're going to beat him, it's going to be towards the middle of the field, and you're going to come up and hit. Nothing over the top, which is what you don't want. You don't want to waste rushes. So I think it's smart. He's got these guys jazzed up. All the stuff that matters when you turn on the tape, the pursuit to the football, that's all there. That's all coaching. That's them Monday through Friday, and it shows up on game day. So he's done an excellent job with Aaron and a bunch of younger guys rounding them into form. And yep. what if the offense starts really helping? Shortening games, oh. more favorable scoreboards, and down in distances, fewer yeah. plays that you have to face. Now, we could defense. always use more takeaways. Set your offense up on shorter fields. That's always good. Or score yourself. That's always out there. Still looking for the first non-offensive score of the That'd year. That'd be nice. Yeah, maybe this Sunday. Uh, yeah. Maurice, a long wait for your key. I no, 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 it's okay. I was just thinking like, I forgot that Jim Schwartz was with Matthew Stafford for so long <laughs> and that he understands this defense too. Yeah. So to me, it's going to be Matthew Stafford making three critical throws. I think three critical throws in this game are going to be important. We'll count them as we do the broadcast, but it's going to be finding a way to, if it's going to be a third and 15, getting that 16, a throw to get 16 yards or third and 10, or whenever you're behind the sticks, find a way to get him going. But three critical throws he's going to have to make in this game. Uh, because I do believe it's going to be the, the AFC North. They're just built different, right? They you, you play outside. Everyone's outside for them. Well, everyone's outside the AFC North, so it's cold weather. Guys are bigger, a little bit different than what you see in, in the NFC. But I, I just think that he's going. There's going to be a point in time in this game where he's going to have to make a throw, and I think it's going to be three times. If he makes those three throws, we'll be happy. Last chance to answer the question: Is Joe Flacco elite? No. At 30 years. 38 years of age, still still don't have a final Listen, answer. He's I still trying. I haven't, to... I haven't been elite in a long time, and I'm at the same age, and I'm not out there trying to play with these young guys at all. 
Uh, Mikey kind of dovetails with what you're saying, which is make the Browns beat you on Sunday. Don't beat yourselves. When you look back on the games that they've lost to this division so far, they had the better quarterback. They had the better team on the field both of those days. In Cincinnati against the Pittsburgh Steelers, it didn't work out for them. And I think the biggest reason why is because the Rams defeated themselves with turnovers, with penalties, uh, and the critical down and distances. They couldn't capitalize on, on their opportunities. They left the door open for lesser teams to get away with a victory. Don't let that happen again on, on Sunday. Take care, of the, take care of this one. At Hit your field Stadium. goals. Oh. Can we say that too? That's fair, right? Yeah. 100%. 100%. Hit your three-pointers when you, when you got them. Yeah. You and need extra, those two. And extra points too. Like it would, yeah. be, it would be a shame for the Rams to squander this opportunity because they just can't take care of their own backyard. If they do that, I feel like really good things are ahead in December and into January. All right, with planes overhead here at SoFi Stadium, we are looking forward to being back this weekend for Week 13, the Cleveland Browns and your Los Angeles Rams for DeMarco Farr. For Maurice Jones-Drew, I'm J.B. Long. Hope you enjoyed this edition of Between the Horns, as always, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers.